Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guests discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experiences of field, and to share our members' stories. Thanks for tuning in. Sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Turkey Call All Access podcast, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation. This week, we're talking to passionate turkey hunter, Georgia Bulldog, two-time Super Bowl champion, starting center and captain for the New England Football Patriots, David Andrews. We're heading to Foxborough. Let's go. So you were just showing me all your turkeys over here. Uh, you know, how was your spring? Yeah, it was good. Uh, hit my limit this spring and, uh, you know, different growing up. Our limit was three in Georgia and so only two up here. And, uh, but, uh, it was a good spring. Uh, I didn't get out as much as I like to, uh, you know, but, uh, it was a good spring and got two, uh, good toms. Cause I was driving over here, you know, I, I was just out in uh, Utah with Kevin Miller mm-hmm. and we were, we were chatting about, you know, being a professional sport, you don't, you think, you know, here's these people at the pinnacle of their careers and fame and fortune and all this stuff. And you talk to guys that like to get outdoors, you start thinking about the logistics, right? So it's not just in season, but all the preseason stuff. And then it never really turns off. So being an outdoorsman and playing football or playing hockey, it can be challenging to to actually get out there and, and do what you have passion for. Yeah. You know, I think when I think of it, at first, I'm a football player, Yeah, you know, and that's been my first love since I was six years old. Uh, it was all I ever wanted to do, uh, you know, and then I grew up and started to get outdoors more and fishing and hunting with my dad and my family and uh, fell in love with that. But at the end of the day, it was football was it, you know, and, and my wife knows that, and mm-hmm. you know, there's just something with me and football that will always be there and will always have a part of me. Uh, you know, and as much as I love the outdoors, it was hard when I first got into college because we would play Friday night football games and then a bunch of us would haul off after Friday nights and go deer hunting on the weekend. You know, we'd deer hunt Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, sometimes Sunday night, drive home for dinner and get ready to go back to high school the next day. Mm. And then I got into college and, um, you know, football and school and just being a college student was controlling. I couldn't. And we played on Saturdays, Friday nights we were in hotels you know, Sunday we had to, we had to go to work and, or, you know, we had workouts and meetings and then, you know, class Monday morning. And so, you know, I remember calling my dad my rookie year or freshman year at Georgia and it's kind of like, you know, dad, I just, I don't know if this football thing's for me. I wasn't playing as much. Uh, you know, I was homesick at times, you know, mm-hmm. freshman. And, uh, I missed hunting and I still had my buddies who were in college, not an athlete and they were going hunting and they were doing all the things that we used to do. And, um, I wasn't able to do that. And I called him and I was like, you know, I just think I want to come home and hunt and just kind of be a normal college student. And he was like, look, you've got four years left to play football. Um, you know, you can hunt and fish for the rest of your life. Mm. He's like, you don't know how long you'll have to play football. And I thought about that and it just clicked for me at that moment. And I knew that I was going to do everything I could to play football and be as successful as that as I could. Uh, and then when the opportunity come up, I was going to get outdoors as much as I can and uh, I still try to do that to this day and it is hard, you know, um, you know, I, I grew up deer hunting a lot and I don't really deer hunt in football season. It's mm. just 
it's too hard. And it just, you know, now I have a, a little boy and, uh, congratulations just, by the way. Yeah, thank you. So it's, it's definitely been hard, but you know, that's kind of where turkey hunting for me became this huge passion as well, because we are definitely slower in the spring. Sure. So I was able to get out more in the spring and turkey hunt, uh, you know, and now to this day, you know, that's still kind of, you know, I can start turkey season back home in Georgia a little early, get down there yeah. a couple of times and then, you know, get back to turkey hunting up here later in the year where the Georgia season seems like it's, you know, starting to turn off. So, um, that's been really cool for me. And that's kind of where my love and passion for turkey hunting really took off, mm. um, was just the fact that I was more available to do it. When you were at Georgia, did you, did you know like what your future was going to hold or is it, is it pretty still uncertain and competitive at that level? No, you know, um, I was not a big recruit at Georgia. Um, uh, I was undrafted. So how that works is we have the seven rounds of the draft, you yeah. know, and then um, if you're not picked, uh, you can be like a preferred free agent, which I kind of was. And you sign a contract and you come in and you get a little bit of money. You know, and, uh, I think actually all my signing bonus went. I got married to my wife my, after my second year and bought her an engagement ring summer of my rookie year so all my one check i had you know went to her and i was broke again and then uh, uh but no i didn't really know uh, new england gave me an offer to come up here and uh you know at the time they had just won the super bowl against the seahawks and uh you know i knew if i want to be part of a great organization what a better place would it be to do it here and be a part of them and um you know i was able to come in and start my rookie year and I started 11 games my rookie year, played in 14 or 15, and um, just didn't know what it was going to happen. And then ended up, you know, kind of starting 2016 all. And, uh, you know, and then we didn't know if we'd be here. And now it's seven years later, and we got a home up here. We don't have a home in Georgia. Mm. I never thought that would happen. And, uh, you know, here we are, and we love it up here. And, uh, you know, but I don't think, you know, at 18 years old, sitting in my freshman dorm, I would picture me and you sitting here doing a podcast no, about no, turkey it's... hunting and football and everything else. So I've been uh, super blessed. It's a crazy thing. Like, I don't know. I like, I put it in, I like Harry Potter. So yeah. I put it in Harry Potter terms, like, so for the muggles <laughs> to, to conceptualize the gravity of something like that. I'm really fascinated by it. Like, like you said, an 18 year old sitting at college kind of out for the first time. And then, you know, at that point, I would imagine you're still kind of in this fantasy realm. Like, could it happen? Could it be me? And then and then it happens. You know, I think it's funny, right? Because I think, you know, I look around the locker room and, uh, you know, look at us and now being the 21-year-old rookie to the 29-year-old kind of veteran and kind of look at it. And it's – you don't grow up because you're playing a kid's game, right? And we're just – a we work weird hours and we, we're, we're playing the kids game. We're, mm. we're entertainers and we're not really working. We are, but it's just different. And, but at the same time, it does force you to grow up really fast because you do, um, <clears throat> you know, you get, you know, usually, you know, not many people play for their hometown, you know, NFL team, not a lot of hometowns have NFL teams. So you're getting ripped up and transplanted. I kind of at a moment's notice and, mm. uh, you know, you're handed a lot of responsibility and a lot to lose. And, uh, you know, it is, it makes you grow up, but at the same time, it's this weird dynamic of you're in a locker room, just being a kid basically every day for work. And it's, uh, 
it's a funny dynamic, man, but it's, it's such an awesome, awesome responsibility at times. And, um, you know, there's also the different challenges and pressures and things like that. But, uh, you know, like I said, at the beginning, it's kind of been, my uncle was a football coach growing up, uh, coached for the Falcons, hmm. for Broncos, played for the Cowboys. So I kind of grew up around the game. And, um, it was just something for me that when I felt it, and, you know, I, I think you talk about right turkey hunting, everyone remembers their first gobble, right? Oh, yeah. and it just does something to you. And I, I had that same feeling with football. The first time I hit somebody and got hit, and accomplished something that was really tough. Same thing with turkey hunting, you know, it just, there was something that clicked and it was like, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do, what I want to be. And, and I love it. And, you know, I think there's a part of turkey hunting that did that more than other, other outdoor adventures. Sure. Because I do love, you know, fishing and deer hunting. Uh, you know, I haven't done, you know, some other things I want to do. Me and my dad said we would always do some things and, you know, we didn't think we'd be doing football, you know, 29 years later, so here we are, but <laughs> Uh, you know, it's something I've always loved, just getting outdoors and just feeling some calmness. Yeah, no, that's, there's, um, you know, there's consistency in, in what you're saying there in that comment. And, you know, when you operate at such a high level, um, and again, I think the muggles, the regular folks that you're entertaining would sit back and say, you know, why would you want to get away from that? But it's such a high ops tempo and uh, being able to use the outdoors uh, for a spot to just sit and be quiet yeah. and, and meditate or however that that is therapeutic to you. Uh, even the the violence of action of turkey hunting, <laughs> what that, you know, like you, we were talking before we started recording the, the style of turkey hunting here in New England, the running gun yeah. kind of guerrilla warfare, if yeah. you will, is, is a stark difference to what you grew up, you know, hunting in Georgia. Um, it's, it's moving, you're, you're moving, shaking and, and going fast, but it's in a weird way. It's still very relaxing. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, football season is just so hectic at times and we're, you know, we're up early, we're home late, you're sore, you're tired, you've got different obligations, whether it be, you know, media type things or appearances and you're getting pulled, you know, community service things, you're getting pulled in a hundred different directions um, while you're still trying to focus on a job every week and, um, you know, family life, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, when I get outdoors and whether it just be turkey hunting where it, you know, you get out there a little early and it's just quiet and it's dark and you can just relax. And, you know, obviously if you get a gobble, it's, it's on like Donkey Kong. But sure. if you don't, you know, and just watching the sunrise and, and I don't turkey hunt alone that much. Um, I have, but I do enjoy, you know, hunting together with somebody and um, being, being that camaraderie and talking and, you know, it just, it is just something about it. And I think, you know, we all, we all, anyone you talk to about the outdoors, there's some part of just the stillness sometimes. And I think some of the best hunts I've ever been on or some of the best moments in the outdoors don't recall, you know, an animal. It might just been, you know, I can remember deer hunting one morning. Uh, I couldn't find the stand <laughs> and I ended up just sitting on top of this ridge um, in a hardwood bottom back in Georgia. And, and uh beautiful hardwood ridge and creek running through at the bottom um 
and I just ended up sitting down next to a tree and uh, start hearing something in the in the, in the trees. And, and I looked up and there was probably 15 or 20 turkeys roosted. I've never been that close to a roosted turkey before. Um, and I didn't see a deer, you know, turkeys flew off and I just sat there that morning. I was just like, oh, what a cool morning, you know? And whether it's just hearing the, hearing the, you know, birds wake up and everything start to wake up in the woods or go to sleep. You know, if you're, you're deer hunting at night, um, you know, I think it's just, a a wild experience and just brings you back to, you know, neutral a little bit. And I think, you know, you go so hard, especially, you know, I do during the season, go so hard, you're running, you're, you're traveling, you're getting home, you know, 8 a.m., you know, Monday after a West Coast game and getting ready to go back again for another week. And, um, you know, just to take a step back and just be human a little bit, you know, and uh, there's just nothing like it. Just kind of resets your soul. That's what I love about turkey hunting specifically when, it, when I'm talking to folks like yourself, you know, that again, that operate at a super high level spotlights on you all the time. It's like this great equalizer because yeah. your stories are like my stories and they're like stories of people listening to this podcast and it's relatable. Uh, and I, I just, I find that nuance to be really cool. Like deer hunting, uh, it's, it's not that relatable because you at a certain level can pay for a really awesome hunt yeah. and really giant deer. Um, but Turkey hunting, it's like, everyone's on the same landscape. And we're all going through the same trials and tribulations. You know, I think, I think about when I think about deer hunting and my experiences, deer hunting and, um, you know, it is, it's a, you know, you can grow the food plot and try to pattern the deer, but you're just kind of sitting there a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, and there's something to that, that I do love. And I always will, um, you know, sitting there hearing, you know, a squirrel thinking it's a 12 point, you know, 250 pound deer walking through the woods <laughs> and it's a squirrel, you know, but there's just that, the heartbeat. But I think when I think about turkey hunting, I think about failure a lot, right? Mm. I don't, you know, you can hunt a deer and just not see a deer and, you know, is that really a failure? No, I mean, you know, the weather might not have been right or they might not have been moving that day. Who knows, you know, but I think about football and I think about, you know, all week you practice and you work out and you you try to get better and you you know the game plan, you have a game plan, you're ready to execute that game plan. But come Sunday, you might just get beat. And that's frustrating and it sucks. And, uh, you know, but there's something to that that when you do have that success, it's that much rewarding, right? That much more rewarding. And I think about turkey hunting, you know, you find out where these birds roost or you don't know, you have an idea. And then he doesn't fly down where you think he's going to do. And he's goblin. Do you call back or do you wait? Do you try to make a move on him? And there's a lot, unfortunately, there's a lot more failures. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, you know, whether it may be just a missed shot, you know, you rust a shot or, you know, spooked a burr or set up in the wrong way or, you know, moved or didn't move or didn't have the right decoy, had the right decoy, you know, whatever it may be, there's so many factors. Um, that is just the constant learning experience. Yeah. That makes it so much more worth it to me, you know, and, um, obviously there's been days where, you know, you don't have a lot of action, you're not interacting, but you know, those days, the birds goblin, he just, you just trying to figure out, you know, do I move? You know, just, there's so many, factors and it's that the mental aspect of football that i enjoy 
that, you know, let's say you do have the game plan, you think it's going to work in football, and then they come out and they play in a different defense. Now you got to go to the bench, figure it out. What are they doing? How do we adjust? Yeah. And let's go execute it. And the same thing in turkey hunting. You know, you think he's going to fly down in this field, you set up on, he flies into the woods. And now it's what? Now, you know, we got to figure out how we're going to adjust, how we're going to make moves. And that aspect of turkey hunting is something I've always loved. Um, the mental game of it and, and, like I said, sometimes the failures, the failures. It is a mental game. You know, the, I've been frustrated. Oh, man, I have I missed that a turkey this year with my father-in-law back home in Georgia. And, I mean, it was a a wild, wild hunt. And uh, if you want me to, I can talk about it. Do you tell it. Yeah, I want to hear all so about we, it. My wife grew up on a cow farm. and uh, She, they still own a lot of the land around there. And um, so we were down there for some weddings we were hunting. We had hunted hard, and oh man, like three or four days in a row. And it was in between weddings, so hunt in the morning, do wedding stuff all afternoon. Didn't really hunt in the afternoons there, and um, you know, weddings, you know, drinking. So I was staying out late, and you know, doing all that, and then boom, right up early in the morning, get hunting. And I didn't only had four, three, three to four days maybe down there to hunt this year, and um. So we woke up one morning and it was just pouring rain, thunderstorm. And he's like, what do you want to do? I was like, let's go. Let's see what happens, man. And so we get in and we had been hunting this bird. We hunted him the day before and um, kind of one of those things. He flew down. We thought he was going to flew down right in front of us, flew down behind us, worked behind us and hit a field and was just locked up in that field. And that was kind of it for the day. But um, so we kind of changed our setup and, you know, what we were going to do and Man, it was pouring rain and we were sitting there and we, he didn't, you know, didn't gobble much because it was so dark still. And, uh, finally a big thunder came by, boom, he just shot up and, <laughs> and he was close. And then it kind of came one of those things we were set up and I was like, what do we do? Do we want to move to try to get closer to him? Um, you know, what are we going to do? And we moved and we probably got within 20, 25 yards of him, sat down. And it was just pouring rain. We got under a tree trying to get some cover and boom, thunder, gobble. And finally he flew down and he sat in some brush and we couldn't get a shot on him for probably about 25 minutes. And then he started easing out and I boom, shot him and he started to roll. So we jump up high five. We thought he was dead. You know, he thought he was doing the death roll. <laughs> We high five, and I was I was hunting with one of his guns. Uh, or it might have been one of mine I'd never hunted with before, but it was a pump. And um started to roll. We're high five and we're starting to run over to him. Boom, he pops up and just hauls and he's rolling. And I go to shoot again, forgot it was a pump, click, rack a shell, threw a shot, he was too far, and we never saw him. My father-in-law ended up killing him later that year. Really? He saw him. Um, he's like, I think you probably hit him in the wing. And he just rolled and kind of regained it. and Stunned him. And he shot a shot a bird later that year. He goes, I think it was him. And when he was cleaning him, he could find, he found pellets in him. And he had a you know, bruised wing. And But, you know, it's things like that. I think about that hunt. Like, that'll be one I won't ever remember. I've never hunted in a thunderstorm like that yeah. before. Yeah. When we got home, you know, my wife and her mother-in-law were like, you guys, I can't believe you guys were out there in that. But, you know, I think that was just, that was such a cool hunt. I'd never been in an environment like that. And 
uh, obviously failed and made some made a mistake and uh, but it's just something like that that just keeps me going back for some reason I don't know why I think your comparison between football the planning and the execution is probably one of the most perfect comparisons I've heard yeah. to turkey hunting because it's, it's truly like that yeah I mean, I mean, I don't have to play football. I understand exactly what you're talking about. I go out there every day in May or April, uh, depending on where I'm hunting, and I definitely got a plan. And I know, like, pfft, I got it on lock. I've seen this. I know what this bird's going to do. Nine times out of ten, he's doing something else. Like you, and then when he kidding me, when you do execute it, it's great. Yeah, I, I mean, and I've, I've been on those hunts where, you know, you're back. You know, at, maybe at home you're at Waffle House. You know, I don't know what maybe the celebratory diner is up here, but home, you know. <laughs> I hop maybe maybe yeah you could be back at Waffle House you know by six thirty you know eating a biscuit and um you know already had your bird because it just worked out yeah, like yeah. that you know and uh, those hunts are great and I do love those hunts right you can't beat them and but some days you know it's definitely more of the uh, you know sweating cuss words frustrations and um, you know I think there's just something about that and you just. You can't beat it. And I think, you know, I, I try to I try to look at things in a bigger picture and not saying that turkey hunting's life or football's like life. I think there's a lot of correlations in football and life. And but I think, you know, life isn't perfect and it's hard at times and you're gonna get knocked down and you gotta figure it out and climb, you know, climb your way out and gotta adjust and make different moves and uh, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, mm. but you learn from them. And I think that's the biggest thing going through these, these turkey hunts and learning from them and gaining information, uh, you know, in, in life or football, whatever it may be. That's what, where I think mistakes are, um, not a blessing, but kind well, of, a, they teach us. Yeah. I that's mean, how we get better. You need mistakes. You need to learn, yeah. you know, um, if you never touched a hot stove, you never know not to touch a hot stove. So, um, you know, I think that's, there's just something about that, the struggle and that had always drawn me to football and, you know, turkey. Yeah. yeah. There's something to be said for that. And especially in, you know, today's society, you know, I'm, I'm a dad, you're a new dad. And, you know, I remember growing up, you know, being let loose, so the streetlights came on and I don't know if it's 24 seven news cycle or what it is, but for whatever reason, my childhood is far more different than my kids. And I'm not like one of these helicopter parents. But I'm super protective. So yeah. my kids definitely don't have the the freedom of mobility that I had. Right. But at some point, like they got to learn. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of young people nowadays, they don't get that chance to learn. They're afraid of failure. And there's such value, even in a daggone squirrel hunt, you know, yeah. but I, that's why I love cutting teeth with kids on turkey hunts because there's so much value. It's, it's first of all, super interactive. You can yeah. do that from age six to 106. Exactly. And, and, you know, like Tom Kelly writes, like, if you're not feeling it, that's when you know it's time to hang it up. You know, and I think my father-in-law took a kid hunting one time and um, he sent me a video. And, you know, I think, you know, you go deer hunting. I can understand, you know, why maybe a kid doesn't want to go deer hunting. Totally. Um, because it's cold. Yeah. You're just sitting there. I mean, nowadays, granted, there's phones and different things to entertain kids and you know, I mean, I can remember definitely some deer hunts. I didn't get to do it as much as I would have liked to, but, you know, some deer hunts as a kid or even as a 16-year-old, like, doing, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, it's freezing cold. I haven't seen anything in three days. Like, you know, and it's just one of those things. Whereas turkey hunting, 
you know, the, going back to my father-in-law and this kid, he had this kid hunting and they, they called in this Jake and uh, the kid didn't want to shoot the Jake. And he, he had killed one last year. He's a young, young kid, like barely holding a gun. And, um, but he sat there and he was like, I'm not shooting the Jake. I'm not shooting the Jake. Hmm. And my father-in-law was like, great. He's like, but I want to call to him. And he's sitting there just, my father-in-law took a video for his dad. And, you know, this little kid is just sitting there calling to this Jake and he's gobbling back and like, I think about that, and I, I never had an experience like that turkey hunting as a kid, but, like, that kid's hooked for life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, getting to do that and the interaction and seeing, you know, him making a little call and, you know, Jake trying to gobble, like, that kid will never forget that. And and I think there is something to turkey hunting versus, you know, deer hunting. Now, I've got buddies that, you know, they might turkey hunt once or twice, but they're going to sit in a deer stand. Yeah. You know, every day they can. And, and I think... You know, is that a cultural thing, you think? I don't or know, just man. how they were raised? Um, maybe just how they were raised. Yeah. And um, you know, I got a I got a buddy, he's got a great piece of property and he just loves he loves deer hunt and they have some amazing deer. They've had the land for a long time and uh you know, he'll turkey hunt every now and then, but I think he's just it's just a different stroke for different you know. Yeah. I've met, you know, some amazing fishermen that don't care much about hunting. You know? Sure. I just think it's different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I think you know, I think if I had the choice, I would turkey hunt. Now, if I could do one for the rest of my life, I'd turkey hunt every day versus yeah. deer hunting. But, uh, you know, there's a lot, you know, that I just think that is the the outdoors and kids and raising kids. And it just, it is a wild thing. And I just, you know, I think about you saying raising a kid now and 24 hours in the cycle. And sometimes I feel like kids aren't allowed to fail. You know, right. You know, they're not allowed to make mistakes and kids do dumb things. I'm not excusing that, but, you know, we all need to make those mistakes and learn and and fail. And, uh, you know, but I also think, you know, I think when I was driving, cell phones weren't that big. I obviously had one, but it it wasn't a computer in my hand. Right. You know, I listened to the radio and a CD and, you know, now, I mean, you know, I've got my music on my iPhone. Right. right. And uh, I think you know, distracted driving and like having, you know, who knows what's going to be like when my son's, you know, 16 driving. Yeah. So yeah. Parenting, man, that is a, uh, that could be a wild topic to talk about too. You know, that <laughs> Maybe might, by the time your kid's 16, we'll finally have them flying cars. They uh, promised us all. Yeah. Years I think ago. my parents <laughs> thought I was going to have one by then, but you know, we'll see. It's, uh, it's terrifying. Yeah, it is. I think me and my wife laugh about it. Just, you know, and I think, you know, being, like I said, my, both our families are from Georgia, so we're obviously far away from them. And, you know, our, our parents just worry about us. And we're like, you know, like, we're, we're good. Like, everything's okay. Like, you know, we Massachusetts isn't, you know, a foreign country. Like, you know, I know it's, it's, <laughs> well, you know, I know it's far from Georgia, but, like, everything's good here. And now that we have a kid and the worry and it's, all right, is everything okay? Like, you know, and my wife's obviously a little bit more of a worrier than me. I'm more of the, you know, we're going to figure it out. Everything's going to be okay type type person in the relationship. And But I see why, you know, now looking at our parents and, you know, worried about us. Mm. And because it just, and my wife will laugh and she's like, does this worrying ever stop? And I was like, no. Well, for 29 years, I don't think it stopped for our parents. So I don't think it's stopping no. anytime soon. No. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, I can't. You know, me and my father-in-law or my parents have talked about you know just how much fun it'll be when when we can take our kid out and he can experience the outdoors. And, 
Uh, you know, I, I bought him a shotgun, um, you know, that I, I can't wait to give him one day. And, um, and my, you know, I know it's just going to be a getting to share those moments with him and, you know, my future kids. No, you know, I don't know if I'll at that point ever care if I ever kill, you know, sure. Kid, you know? I get that. Um, I can't imagine what that sharing that experience will be like. So hopefully he enjoys it as much as I do. It's uh, I, I can tell you from experience. It is, it is awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know how else you ex- put a, a, a word on it other than just, you know, it's almost indescribable, yeah. you know, you watch them own that, you know, at some point there's, there's certainly like this progression as they, you know, graduate to different steps in doing it. Uh, my son this year, like completely owned the process. I mean, I called, is he? he's eight yeah, and he's a short eight. I'm a small dude yeah. and he's a small stocky kid. And, um, you know, 20, 20 gauge pump is, it's a lot to yeah. muckle on just cause he doesn't, his arms aren't long. I think the, the, the kid, my father-in-law was taken was like six to eight. Yeah. Around that age. What I did for him this year that really helped him own the process was I dropped a, I dropped a nice red dot on there and gave him that, uh, that confidence. Like he didn't have to like really get down and do that cheek weld. He's just like, okay, uh, red is dead. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I let him choose the shot and, you know, make sure everything was good. And I said, when you're ready, man, just go for it. And he, he just like, he owned that process and he looked at me and he's like, let's do that again. <laughs> like, See, that's yeah. awesome. And I think, you know, just, I've hunted with a red dot before. Mm. Well, the first time I ever did it, that might, the next shotgun, I haven't, you know, bought a lot of guns, you know, kind of being, we were residents in Georgia, but we weren't there a lot. And now we're kind of becoming Massachusetts residents. I've gone through the process to get sure. the license up here, you know, waiting back for that. But um, when I can, that's going to be the thing I'm going to do is get up. I, I was hunting with a 20 gauge uh, Benelli. Uh, with a red dot on it, and I loved that red dot more than any. I've never hunted with one. Yeah, and it's so easy to just identify a target. I mean, you're talking about your son, and I think that's a great piece of equipment that I can't wait to put on one of my guns. Um, and I liked hunting with the twenty gauge, just with it just being old, you know, especially doing up here. So yeah, running gunning like it's lighter. Saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big guy, but I don't like you know carrying around that twelve gauge sometimes. So. <laughs> um, now, that's a great piece of equipment. I think, you know, when I think about kids and parenting, you know, there's, you know, I'm sure you've had to discipline your kids. and Daily. Yeah, right? And, Daily. And there's, <laughs> there's probably, you know, there's definitely feelings between you know, that you probably had against your father and I've had against oh, mine, yeah. you know, of anger and why you, you know, you're the worst thing ever. And, Just riding, yeah. man. And I think when I think about football, for me growing up, that was something me and my dad bonded over, mm. you know, and, and, and outdoors. And and he could challenge me in football. Um, and I was able to respond because I was pretty good at it. And that was something, no matter what, we could always bond over was football yeah. and the outdoors. And, you know, whether it was fishing, you know, sitting on a bank, catching bluegill or um, turkey hunting together, you know, football practice and football games. There might have been a lot of other things going on or different things in our relationships and emotions, and but we could always bond over those. And I think that's such a cool thing about the outdoors and, um, you know, getting to share those passions with your kids. And, um, you know, I think it's just one of those things where it's a, uh, I think sports can be a unifier. And so, you know, so can, you know, hunting and being outdoors 100%. and fishing and, 
know, there might be differences and, you know, your son, you know, might have been mad at you, you know, the day before you guys went turkey hunting for getting on to him for not making his bed or whatever it may be, you know, but then all that goes aside and it's just you and him or you and, you know, whoever in that moment. And I think that's so cool. Uh, you know, and I think there's just nothing, you know, I remember those times from my childhood and there's just nothing like it, you know. Little kids aren't passionate about picking their toys up and their no. dirty clothes and making their bed, but that discipline directly affects how they are in, in the woods and, and, and listening to a mentor, whether it's uh, uh, an outside of the family, an uncle, a dad, a grandfather, whatever their situation is. So when they do find a passion, they do find that excitement, they're intently in tune. Mm -hmm. And whether they understand what's happening or not, everything you argued about the day before or the day before that, it starts to, you see it coalesce in the kid and you say, hey man, do this or don't do that. And then yeah, I'm locked in because yeah. they care. There's a value yeah. system there, right? Uh, and then when it comes together or there's a failure, like they handle it totally different, you know, yeah. uh, failing to make your bed is just more of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, failing to miss a turkey is a bummer, uh, but they can go back and continue to do that. Yeah. No, I think, and that's where I think like football and the outdoors for me, uh, my dad was a big baseball guy and I, I was not a great baseball player. And we really just butted heads because I couldn't, there wasn't that passion for me for mm. baseball. Like I said, from, from first grade, it was football. Now everyone plays baseball. You know, most kids playing baseball growing up and T-ball, and I just wasn't very good. And, and I, I love the sport of baseball. You know, my Atlanta Braves just won the World sure Series. Sure did. So, you know, I, I always will enjoy that sport, but it was just one of those things for me where, like you said, like if a kid you know has this passion for hunting or fishing, and he goes out and misses a fish, and you say, "Hey, well, you know, we got to do this," and you know, you got to set the hook better, or whatever it may be, you got to keep tension on the line, or you're turkey hunting. Hey, you got to keep extra still next time. You know, whatever it is, you, when there's that passion there, they they can learn from those, and and it just develops a closer relationship, I believe, with whoever that mentor, father, grandfather, uncle. Mm. You know, heck, the first deer I ever killed was with my aunt. You know, so huh. um, yeah, she was the best. Uh, you know, so whoever it may be, you remember those moments, you cherish those moments, and the lessons you learned in those times for sure. As we're talking about kids, I. I recently, well, in the last couple of months, uh, the one opportunity I had a long drive and I don't often get a chance on purpose and because I'm busy listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, one, because I don't want to, you listen to too many end up pulling stylistic tendencies, right? Yeah. So you don't want to do that. And so I miss out on a lot of cool content. But I think Rogan had Steve Ranella on and they got into this talking about kids and hunting and about uh you know being scared as a parent like we put this value system on what what makes us fearful and then juxtaposed to like our neighbor like i'd be nervous about letting my daughter walk around my fairly safe yeah. circle neighborhood right it's only one way in one way up and i'm terrified that some windowless fan's gonna pull in and just and she's gonna be gone but I have zero qualms about putting a gun in her hand and taking her out yeah. to go turkey hunt or deer hunt but my neighbor would look at me and be like you're afraid to let her walk around, but you're giving her a gun. So it's our value system. I thought that was a great point and a really cool conversation. It kind of sat with me and I've, and I've been thinking about it. And as you were talking, you're a new dad and I, I'm going through, you know, uh, tween age daughter and, you know, an eight year old son. I'm like, there, there's a point to be made to that. It's like, huh, it's funny what, what drives me crazy, yeah. but, you know, going out in the woods with, with you know, a weapon, 
and, and, and literally taking life uh, doesn't bother me. No. You know? And I think, and there's different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Right? And I think there's something to be said about, uh, you know, whatever people believe in or, you know, want. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was never something that bothered my dad, you know, either. And I, I he, he would cut me loose and, you know, remember being at my grandparents and, you know, walking around with a little 22 trying to haunt squirrels. And, <laughs> you know, I grew up kind of in the suburbs of Atlanta and I come home and, you know, tell kids and they'd kind of be shocked. Like, oh, you just got to do that? Like, yeah. Like, you know, or like, you know where your guns are and you're not like, yeah, like that was just how I was raised, you know? And, um, you know, but at the same time, then, you know, my parents wouldn't let me maybe go to, you know, different parties or different things like that. Exactly like, right. You know, hey, you want to load up a 30-06 and drive two hours to go deer hunting? Yeah, go ahead, have fun, you know? And, like, it's just different. You know, it's just wild. Uh, it is an interesting thing. And then, But, you know, when I think with kids and hunting, I think about football, too. You know, there's a, there's a lot of opposition to maybe hunting at times. And I think you see that in football, too, right? Uh, the game's too violent. It's not safe. Um, there's lower number numbers sometimes in you know little league. Like I know my high school, their their middle school team and and stuff is not as there's not as many numbers. And, yeah. Um, and I think about hunting and the future of it and the future of the game of football. And those are two of my big passions. You know, as we've said, and how important kids are to both of those. You know. Uh, the future and what it looks like and, and the, the sanctity or whatever you want to call it. You know, I don't know what the right word is, but you know, you taking your son out or taking other kids out or, and how big of an impact that has, you know, on them and for the future of this thing we all love. Yeah. What a, what a awesome responsibility. I think that is to have to be an ambassador for something you care about whether it's football and the impact, you know, I maybe have on some kids that are playing football and, and the way they see the game and how they view it or, you know, you know, hunting or whatever it may be. And I think that's such a, you know, to be able to be an ambassador like you are, and there's so many others in this industry and for this, for the, 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 you know, the, the tradition or whatever hunting, like it's just, it's such an awesome thing and how important kids are. And the impact those experiences have on them and their lives in the future of what we all love is pretty um, something I'm passionate about. And, you know, I say definitely a little bit more with football just because that's my life and that's my mm. realm. Um, and thing I think I can have a bigger impact at times, but also with my family and, the, and hunting and fishing and protecting, you know, the habitats and different things like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's such a cool you know, how important our kids are to that and the impacts that we have on them. I think, and, and I've said this in the past before to some guests in, in similar situations, professions, is that, you know, take me. Some people know who I am, but that's kind of relegated to the haunting space. Otherwise, I'm just some guy with a microphone, no big deal. Uh, but someone like you, you're, you're on this platform. Every Sunday, people see you. And, you know, you said it goes into your community involvement, all this other stuff. But, like, you throw on an NWTF hat and I see it on Instagram, like it throws a flag up, maybe intentionally or not intentionally, it's just a passion. But in an instant, it communicated to me, 
I think I understand the quality of this person. I got a good idea of their mindset and their ability to be super crazy in the spring. But like it communicates to that, that 80% in the middle we talk about all the time, right? So they're 10% that we know is going to get up every weekend and go out hunting. 10% that are committed to hating our guts. And you're never going to change your mind, but that, that middle 80, that they can take it or leave it, don't really care. It's not really affecting them, but they're certainly not getting out there. But someone like you, they see you out there doing it and doing it right. And it's like, huh, if that fella's doing it, I wonder, you know, I, I, there's no way to quantify. There's no ROI on that, but like instantly, not only are you an ambassador to your team, the sport of football, um, your community, but like when you represent the hunting community and it, it could start to change the mind or at least invite people to can give it a second thought. No, it's funny. You know, I talked to, you know, I think, you know, you said, you know, National Wild Turkey Federation hat, t-shirt, whatever, Ducks Unlimited, you know, you know, whitetail deer shirt, like whatever it is, Trout Unlimited, you know, you see someone with that and there's this common feeling. Absolutely. I, I would say that for, you know, I could be walking down the street and see someone in Ducks Unlimited. I went on my first duck hunt two years ago. You know, that was just something I didn't grow up doing. And mm. now I, I, it's like, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Like, I love that. I think there's some similarities, you know, in the interaction. Sure. And, you know, and, and, you know, I think it's the same way when I walk down the street and see someone in a Georgia Bulldog hat. I don't know a thing about that person. Right. But we got something in common. That's right. We could probably, you know, have a beer together and enjoy our conversation. Mm-hmm. And we might have totally different views about whatever it is. And I do think about that, you know, and um, how it, how awesome that is, is that, you know, there's a lot of people I've met in the hunting world that don't know a thing about football. And that's such a big part of my life. And, but it, that doesn't matter. We have this one thing in common and we might see the world completely different mm-hmm. and disagree about any, you know, 90% of the topics on the news at night, but that doesn't really matter. We might be scheduling a turkey hunt together. That's or, right. Or go on duck hunt, you know, whatever it may be, a fishing trip. Like, And I think about sports and the outdoors. And there is that just common, you know, feeling sometimes, you know, and, and you can, you know, go into Gillette Stadium on a Sunday afternoon and just be high-fiving random people because the pass scored. Or yeah. The defense made a great play. Like, there's just something to that I think is so uniting. But, you know, the whole, you know, if you go on my social media, um, you know, you're going to see football pictures, pictures of my dogs, <laughs> and me outside doing hunting and fishing stuff, yeah. and then my wife and kids, you know. And I just don't – I don't post that much. And But, uh, yeah, that's kind of – you know, it's, it's interesting the comments you get on uh, some of the uh, the hunting or fishing pictures. Let's talk about that because, I mean, look – uh, it's to some people it's highly controversial. So it takes a, a man. It's like uh, it's, it's you got to be somewhat courageous to put that out there. And, it's, and for you and me to sit here and talk about it, like why is that courageous? Because it's just what we do. But in your position, it's just it's just what you're thrust into by virtue of your yeah. job. Like you call it your job. Other people like people are going to come home. I'm going to go home and say, yeah, I did this interview. And they're like, holy, you talk to him. But it's like. That's how that's how people see stuff, and they put people on these different pedestals, and it's got to be challenging for someone like yourself. Yeah, you know, I think for me, it's one of my passions, and it's what I, I believe in it. And, mm. You know, I grew up doing it. I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't like to hunt things. I don't like to enjoy, you know, on the table. Um, I've been goose hunting, and <laughs> I, I just 
you know, it was <laughs> it was a cool experience. Yeah, I hear you. I just didn't enjoy eating the goose. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't been back since. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I, I believe in that. And, um, you know, I just believe in the, I love the, you know, I'm going to buy a farm one day back home in Georgia. And I can't wait to take care of that land and build habitat for animals. Uh, you know, I think you get a bad rep because they say, oh, we're just hunters and, you know, murdering, you know, and, and it's not that. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, if you knew what goes into it and the failure, like we've talked about, mm-hmm. it ain't just going out there and, you know, you're just, you know, killing an animal. And I think I've never met, I mean, uh, there's definitely hunters that do things wrong and don't do things right. Of course. My father-in-law is a game warden in Georgia. So he's seen, he's seen it all. He's seen it all. And, um, you know, and there's there's guys like that when I think about, you know, like he did all the time because of how much he's a hunter and fish and because how much he loved the outdoors. Sure. He was going to protect it. And and I just think, you know, a lot of people can have an opinion about me or who I am or, you know, what I do. And, you know, it's awful that I do that. But sit down and have a conversation with me. We can talk about it. I'm sure you you'll find some redeeming qualities. It's the interesting part about that, right? Because as soon as you invite someone to have that conversation, most of the time they, it's easy to sit there and tick, 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 me a keyboard warrior. You know, and and a lot of these people are going to, you know, I might make a black block on Sunday and have something to say about that too. Yeah. Yeah. You're dealing with a harder, harder critic there. You know, and um, it says what I'm passionate about. I know why I do it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, like I said, it's something, you know, I've cooked a lot of, Fried a lot of turkey nuggets for a lot yeah. of my friends up here who've never done it, and um, they couldn't believe it when they ate them. And um, you know, and I, I love to cook also. So the whole outdoors. Okay, what do I have? Yeah, I've got this. How do I want to prepare it? You know, how do I want to make it? I love food. I'm a big guy. So there's the whole process for me, right? That is really interesting. You know, talk about Steve Ranella. I have his cookbook. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever looked at it. Oh, I have it too. It's white. I got a few of them. Like yeah. it's white. It's awesome. He's got some crazy like stuff I would have never thought of. Sure. Growing up in the South, you know, we just, you know, there were certain ways we cooked wild game, and that's how it was done. Right. Uh, I mean, he's making gourmet meals with this stuff, and it's wild, and it's awesome. I think it's so cool. I remember the first time I saw him harvest coal fat off his stomach, and I was like, "What in the blazes is this dude I, doing?" Yeah, I mean, he definitely does a lot of stuff that I don't do, but it works. It does. I mean, it's amazing, and. um you know, and I just think that's always been something I've been interested in the whole process. And to me, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, you know, it is a sport, but it's not just a sport. I know it's exactly everything. Uh, you know, and I just, you know, I don't, I don't care to go out and just kill whatever it is. Usually if I'm killing something at this age in my life and becoming, it's just, it's because I enjoy eating it and mm. enjoy the whole process. And, um, so, you know, whatever people believe is what they believe. And, but like I said, I think, you know, that's where the kid thing, going back to kids, I actually never thought I'd be talking in turkey podcast about kids as much as I am. I guess that's just father. But yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's, a, it's a certain different just, perspective now. Yeah, it's just, in your face. But just the impact of the kids and, and the, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be people that view football that it's a bad game and the injuries and it's violent and it's, whatever people's opinions are about it and but 
and that's fine. You're, I'm not really worried about changing their opinions. They they're a grown ups, but maybe there's a kid that doesn't know about football and and is looking for an outlet. Mm. And, and football can teach them about teamwork and discipline and sacrifice and selflessness and toughness and you know so many different things. And he does have an outlet now. Or maybe it's a kid that you know grew up and never been outside and connected with nature and. You know, he's looking for something to challenge him. And it's like, hey, here's this bird, 25 pound bird that you think is pretty easy is the hardest thing to kill you think sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here's the challenge. You know, enjoy it and learn a lot of different things. And so I just think, you know, that's who I think, you know, talk about social media is whatever those people have a comment about it. It is what it is. But maybe there's a kid out there that says, wow, David Andrews does this like. Yeah. You know, and, and that's football. Like, I like those two things. That's like, huge impact. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it might be one kid, you know, it might be one teenager. You no, know, it just, you never know. So I think that's kind of what I think about all of that. And, um, you know, something, I think the community of it. And I, I never, I had social media and it was private and then had some opportunities to maybe make some money off of it. So I ended up making it public and which opened, you know, wild, <laughs> you know, some wild doors. But, it's been great. And, you know, I think there's just like anything in life, there's a lot of bad parts of social media and there's a lot of good. That yeah, I agree. Times it puts people yeah. in contact like me and you sitting here today. Yep. Uh, you know, I've, I've, you know, had a lot of people reach out to me and um, tried to, you know, do different things with different people. And you just never know what kind of impact you can make. Yeah. You started talking about it, you know, you, the focus uh, for you that clearly has made an impact, you know, being a dad and talking about the kids. But we've started to see, especially since the beginning of, of the pandemic, uh, is this this ability to be self-reliant. And the food thing is there's a comment. We all got to eat, man. And whether you're vegan or not, we all got to put something in our body, keep our engine going because that's how we sustain life. And uh, it thrusted that to the forefront with supply chain issue, with people going to the grocery store and actually not seeing red meat. Yeah. And some people that you know, I, I call them non-endemics that you don't, you know, non-traditionals that you don't think would come into the woods, that, that locavorism or that, that ability to self-sustain by harvesting your own food is a huge motivator. Yeah. Uh, so you talking about that, um, may speak directly to people like, Hey, you never, you may not like the act of, of actually harvesting and you know, it is what it is, but like the rewards beyond uh, a hide or a shoulder mount or a tail fan, uh, is you get to eat it. Yeah. No one's saying we throw this stuff away. Almost all of us exclusively eat everything we bring home, yeah. even the goose. Yeah. I've been there, done that myself. Yeah, you know, and I think <laughs> there's just there's just something to it, you know. And I, you know, for me, I'm not. I don't have the time and ability. I wanted to start a garden, and it just did never got started. I don't have the time to keep up with it. Sure, you know, and right now, especially how it is in New England, it's. I wake up and it's dark and I come home and it's dark yeah. and sunrise or sun time I see is at practice right now. So, uh, you know, but it's just, for me, it's, it's nice. You know, I got some meat in the fridge right now and, uh, last night I thought I was actually eating some, some venison summer sausage that nice. my father-in-law sent to us. And, uh, you know, there's just something to it. And I just think, you know, for me, the, the amount isn't necessarily, I, I don't enjoy the word trophy. Yep. I have a lot of trophies and trophies are different things to me, but 
to me, it just tells a story, right? You know, and like I showed you the, the first turkey I killed and I can remember everything about the hunt with my dad and, and, you know, to me, it's not, you know, I saw they're not even hung up at my house yet because I got to figure out where I'm going to put them yeah. in here. Yeah. But also, you know, to me, it's not, you know, it's more of a personal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that those are my stories and my memories and, 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 you know, one day my dad will be here, but I'll always have that mount and that story and that memory with him. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's more of it for me than, you know, Hey man, come see this. Yeah. yeah. You know, which is there's definitely a point of it, right? Like, you know, there's nothing better than getting the text message on your, you know, sure. your phone from your, your turkey hunting buddy or deer hunting buddy or whatever it may be. Uh, but, you know, the memories and the stories about it are, are something that I cherish very much. Yeah. You speak so passionately about it. Have you uh, made any converts in the locker room? Anyone ever like look at you like, hey, man, what are you there's, snacking on over there? There's a lot of guys that, you know, it's <laughs> funny. I was hoping you were going to ask about this because it just cracks me up. And it, it threw me off up here. And I don't know how it is in New Hampshire, but I'm sure you've hunted down here a bunch. It gets early bright. Dude. <laughs> yeah. or it gets bright. Early. Killing turkeys at 430 by the end of the season. I mean, yeah, there's been mornings I've killed a turkey up here and been home and my wife ain't up. Yeah. You know what I mean? which, yeah. Is, which is good because that gets me out of the doghouse from being <laughs> gone all day, you know. Um, I've also did some turkey hunting out in western Massachusetts and I've left my house at 2 a.m. Yeah. And um, to make the drive out there. And, and, and when I think guys like, man, hey, David, like, let's go, let's, you know, let's go hunting. Okay, here's the deal. It's going to be, you know, 42 degrees out. <laughs> Uh, and we got, I'll pick you up at, you know, 415. So on a day off. Yeah. The day off. We got to go. Ah, uh, 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 nah, I'm, I'm all right. Not that into it. No, but I think, you know, um, you know, there's definitely some guys that are into it and different, you know, uh, different things. We had a guy, Marcus Cannon played here. He's still playing for the Texans. Um, he has a big ranch in, uh, Texas, out West Texas, uh, and that's his thing, uh, you know, and that's his passion. So the turkey hunting thing, though, I think it just being a little early for a little bit of the guys. Yeah. And, uh, but we had, we've had a couple of players that, you know, enjoyed hunting and fishing. We got a lot of guys that really enjoy fishing. Um, so, but I've always thought it's funny, you know, there's not many guys that take up the offer when it's like, all right, I'll pick you up at four. What do you want from Duck and Duck? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is cool to see there there are a lot more guys in the NFL and in sports uh, that are really into it. And it's funny because I think I look at a lot of the baseball players and they seem to be big deer hunters. Yep. And I think there's some core, you know, maybe there's not, maybe there you know, isn't. But like I said earlier, you know, kind of the availability to go turkey hunting also drove my passion for it. And you know, baseball season over, you know, what they just finished the World Series in the middle of October. Yeah. So. It's pretty prime deer hunting season yeah. for the you know season to be over. So uh, who knows? Maybe there's something to that. But uh, especially with ruts coming in now, yeah, I mean, no, nobody's playing baseball. Yeah. You so can be, it's, you, you can know, do most, it. You know, other than two teams, season's been over since you know first of October, or I don't really know September. So um, you know, so I, I think maybe there's something to that. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I see some dudes, man, like. I talked to Trent Cole uh, some years back when um, when this podcast was was a smaller product, but Trent was good enough to come on. And you know, we talked about like some guys will just 
they're so ate up with it. Like, I know I got a schedule, but I'm flying home to New Jersey oh, because I, I'm going to deer hunt. No, I mean, it is, uh, they're definitely. <laughs> you want me to get them? Or- no, it's all good. All right. This is part of Those are my two dogs. They're, they're chaotic, but, uh, no, they, uh, there's definitely something to be said about that. And there's definitely sometimes I've done that. Um, you know, but kind of going back to that conversation I had with my dad is, uh, you know, when it's football, it's football time. And yeah. That is my, that is my thing. And that's what I'm going to focus on. And that's going to eat me up. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm trying to be there for my wife, um, you know, because um, even before the baby, you know, so that way, you know, when the spring came, maybe I could get a more, a little more leeway, yeah, yeah, leeway yeah. to take off and go turkey <laughs> on for, you know, a week or something. But, um, yeah, so it is it is funny. Um, guys do have a lot of means and, you know, um, there are some guys that are pretty ate up about it and, you know, will haul off and do different things. Mm. Um, you know, I know for me, I'll always try to get out and fly fish uh, during the fall sometime, mm. you know, when I get a little bit of free time. Um, rather than deer hunt, it's just, you know, I, I do enjoy the whole passion about, you know, all right, I'm going to plant this food plot because this is where they are. I'm going to hang the stand here. The wind's bad. I'm going to hunt here, but I don't really have that opportunity. Right. You know, pattern deer. So I, I've deer hunted in the, uh, you know, I, I missed the 2019 season for our uh, blood clots and, uh, I deer hunted a lot that season. Mm. Um, and that was fun because I hadn't done like much of deer hunting and started to learn about these deer and I hunted the same kind of track for a while. And, um, so that was fun. That was a very cool experience, you know, and, uh, but I don't get to do that. So, you know, if I got a day off or a weekend off for the bye week, yeah, I'd rather try to slide out and go fly fishing yeah. um, with some buddies out in Western mass for, you know, a day rather than just go sit in deer stand. Yeah. That's I mean, and, and consider geographically where you're at, you're not in the deer hunting Mecca of yeah, the United I mean, States either. So there's not a lot of hunting shows being made in new England proper. <laughs> yeah. My first few years we would, uh, for the bye week we would go back home to Georgia. Yeah. Um, coach doesn't really give us some NFL teams get a full week off for a bye week. We just get four days. So, we would fly home and I tried to deer hunt one yeah. or two days back home. That's a little bit better. You see a little bit more. There's a little bit more. Sure. Action, so, but we don't get home as much. Um, so I haven't really done that that much. So for me, if it's an off day or, uh, you know, a couple of days off, uh, try to go out and fly fish. So uh, that's kind of what I might get away during the season. You guys are in the buy now. Come off a nice road trip. Oh no, no, just uh Tuesday day off. So is that it? That's it. Yeah. So uh you have to have a day, one day off in the NFL. And the Patriots has always been Tuesday and a lot of teams are Tuesday because you come in Monday, work out. Did I get my schedule wrong? You guys are playing this weekend? Yeah. Oh, I'm totally I've been yeah, traveling. We go, we go this off. weekend, then we have the Thursday night game and then I believe our bye week. Oh man. So yeah, so usually when you're home, yeah, we're home, which is always nice. So we're we worked yesterday, workouts, things like that, kind of wrap up the game you just played. Today is you know a day off, and um, and like, I appreciate you spending time on your day off oh, with no, us. No worries. That's what, you, but you know, kind of going back to what I was saying, you just get pulled in a lot of different directions, and you get you get one day off a week and try to fit as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. And still try to be there for your family. So. Um, you know, it's tough, but there definitely are guys that, you know, you know, I think I know a lot of guys who played for like Cincinnati and they kind of in that Ohio, Kentucky region. 
and they've they've done some amazing deer hunting out there. Oh yeah. So you know, luck on the draw. Yeah, it's just know. like when I was in the military, I, I was stationed in Virginia down in Langley for six years. Yeah, and I had buddies that ended up going up to Alaska. I'm like, how the hell can I get to Alaska? I'm not hunting beans down here. Yeah. I'm fishing, and you guys are up there living my 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 dream. Yeah. So it's just luck of the draw sometimes, right? Yeah, but you know, but not all just running around with a bunch of bling on their fingers either. No, over no, there, they're not. And that's been some. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's been some amazing, opened some amazing doors and, uh, you know, things that I'll cherish because, like I said, we talked about the hard work and the failures yeah. and, and those, those and the trophies. Those are real trophies to me. You're under, you're, look, you're in one of the most violent positions in all of sports. Um, I'm not overstating it, saying you're under center from the greatest football player ever to walk the planet. The planet and now you got a, a new kid in there. He uh, was shaping up to be all right. Yeah, I've been super fortunate, you know, and, um, you know, we'll see. We, we've we've turned a corner this year, um, you know, kind of at a, you know, pivotal week and pivotal time in our season. We're building momentum, um, you know, and we got a big challenge this week, play the Browns. And um, I don't know when this will be aired, so I'll either be happy or sad whenever it gets aired. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But, uh no, you know, I've been fortunate and uh, Max done a great job so far for us and really have enjoyed getting to work with him. Um, you know, he's been a great, great guy and a great teammate so far. I'm going to, I'm looking, I'm telling you where this will air. So we will be December 2nd. So we'll be, oh, a, so that we'll, could be, you know, that would be, that might be the bye week, maybe. I don't know. Play Atlanta two weeks. Maybe bye. I'm not sure. Let's see. This audience knows I'm a I'm a total homer and I'm on a bash, so you'll never hear me say nothing wrong about my New England football Patriots. So um, obviously, this is I'm being very calm about it. This is obviously a thrill to me, and you know I definitely appreciate the time. You get to go home, right? You guys are playing Atlanta. Isn't yeah, right? we are playing Atlanta. So how's that, that? Does that work out for you well, or are you going to do a lot of the work here and then just fly down? Yeah, you don't. So that's also like you know. Uh, you know, we travel to a lot of places and cities that, you know, I think would be cool to be, you know, like Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's a cool city. There's probably a lot of history there. Uh, but you don't you don't get to see any no sightseeing. You know, you land on a plane, you get picked up on buses, police escort straight to your hotel. Uh, you know, some teams, I can't speak to what every team schedule is. I just know what ours is. And uh, you're in and out, man. You get there Saturday night at call it 435 and. Got a meeting at seven, and, you know, curfew. And then, you know, the only time we ever, we go out on the, and then you play the game and you fly right out. Yeah. Um, you know, the only time we've ever done things differently is um, when you play on the West Coast, we'll usually go Friday after practice just to get out there. It's a long ride. Yeah, it's a long ride. And so then when you get out there Friday, you know, it's only like seven or eight o'clock that night after practice. And so, uh I do enjoy there's some enjoyment to those trips because then Saturday you're just hanging with the guys. And, you know, I think something that's different between college and the NFL, when you get some breaks, there's not as much camaraderie at different times because guys have families and guys have other responsibilities. Whereas college and guys have homes, you know, we, we live in our homes, college, you were in the dorms, you had roommates, mm. it was just 24 seven. Uh, and so when you do get those opportunities to kind of be just with each other, it's, it is pretty cool. And, um, but yeah, usually you're in and out, man. And, 
uh, you know, play on a West Coast game. You might get home at 8, 8 a.m. the next day and get a couple hours of sleep maybe that morning and just back to work that afternoon usually. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot, but uh, it's just been awesome. And, and, and like I said, we've had a lot of success. But so going to Atlanta, we'll fly in Wednesday night. We play on Thursday night and then, you know, I probably won't see much family or friends mm. or anything like that. So maybe after the game, um, you know, each stadium, stadium has different protocols now with kind of everything we're going through. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's not much of a not much of a crazy thing. But two things that have been cool about Atlanta is uh, my first Super Bowl and my first Super Bowl win was against the Falcons. Obviously, you know, the twenty-eight to three victory or a comeback victory and. Uh, so that was cool to play my hometown team. And then the second Super Bowl I won was in Atlanta. And so you're down there for the whole week. And that was fun. And uh, obviously had a lot of friends and family. And, but I have a group of buddies that I take to every Super Bowl. Nice. Uh, you know, and then in Atlanta, I had a lot of my high school coaches there. And so to do that was pretty awesome to do that in front of those guys. So, um, yeah, but just a regular season game in Atlanta, you're in and out, man. And uh you know, it'd be a big challenge. I'm excited to go down there, um, but not much of a homecoming. Yeah, yeah, it's like just business. Yeah, business. That's what people kind of gets lost on, folks. It's yeah, business. It is. It is. Got to uh, go to work. You know, and it is like it's funny calling it work because, like I said earlier, you know, we're just playing a kid's game, and uh, but you know, it is work, and there's a lot of demand to it. So I think we're lucky, and I say we because I know how lucky I am and fortunate in my position. I mean, it's, I do a lot of different things for the organization, but. I never feel like I'm working. Um, I got to imagine if you're playing a game you love, you never really feel like you're working. There's some grind to, yeah. to everyone's gig, man. But I think there's something to be said about that. And I think, you know, sometimes maybe people, you know, look at it and say, oh, well, David, like, it's so easy because you love what you do. Or Fred is so easy because, you know, you work for the Premier Turkey, you know magazine and media and like you just get talking about turkey hunting and you get turkey hunting. like but that doesn't still doesn't make it easy some days you know what i mean and um there's a lot of grind to it and there's a lot of ups and downs yeah you know um uh, but you are so blessed to get to, you know to do what you love and not a lot of people get to that i know my parents really didn't get to do that yeah uh you know and there's not a lot of people that do so uh but yeah i think they're you know um what does Cam Haynes say? He says, uh, I don't know if you follow him. Oh, I do. Yeah. Uh, what is, uh, I, I must keep, be nice. Must yeah, be, must be nice. Exactly must be right. Nice thing. And I think there is something to say. It is nice. Yeah. It is nice, right? Like, you're, you know, get to do some, I get to do some amazing things, but it's not all, you know, rainbows. Well, it's that, that, that meme that goes around with the iceberg, right? It says, you know, fill in the blank what people see, but then what they don't see. Yeah. Years of sacrifice uh, in, in, in this industry, a lot of years of free work and, yeah. and working booths at local trade yeah. shows and making connections traveling and networking and, and traveling on your dime and yeah. paying your gas. And, you know, but it's that's part of it. I mean, how much how much do you want to hustle? How much do you want to grind to get yeah. to where you want to be? I know my old man thought I was crazy. He thought I was crazy when I was a kid listening to punk rock music and skateboarding. He's like, you know, what are you what are you doing hanging out with those guys? Yeah. And then he's like. Dropkick Murphys. I see them. They're very famous. And I used to tell you not to go up to that, that place and hang out with them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right, Dad. Well, whatever. No big deal. And he's like, that's why when when you started getting into the hunting stuff, I never wagged my finger or said, I, I'm sure you're going to be very successful at it. I thought it was crazy. And yeah. here we are. 
football is probably more conventional uh, dream to to get behind, but <laughs> a little bit more conventional. Yeah. But yeah, you know, just it's such a awesome thing to get to do what you love. And, it is, you know, and, and to make a living out of it, you know, and um, you know, it is. A, I'm extremely blessed um, and extremely grateful to be where I am. And like I said, being that six year old boy, or maybe I did it six, you know being a naive six-year-old but you know at 18 it was kind of 18 20 21 um when i first got in the league it was kind of like all right like see how long this thing goes here sure what's the average lifespan three I think, years yeah yeah that's crazy to me under than three years and so it's kind of like one of those things like all right am i gonna go home and like try to sell insurance i guess like i don't know what's next you know like um you know i just was waiting for that moment or uh you know i didn't want to believe it was coming but it was kind of at 21 years old, that was kind of the reality. You know? mm. like, all right, I'm like, you know, is this kind of thing going to work out? I'm going to try everything and give it all I have. But, you know, they're always in the back of your mind of that failure. And, you know, you still think about that sometimes. You know, at 29, it's like, man, like, if I have a bad game, they might get rid of You know what I mean? Well, some things are out of your control. Like you mentioned earlier about, you know, your, your blood clot situation. Yeah. Like, I never even heard of such a thing. And yeah, what man. was that like? Oh, yeah. Me neither, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, some of the things people don't see and, you know, and the struggles. And, you know, I, uh, you know, was in the hospital for five days. And, you know, my wife, you know, she, you know, my wife puts up with a lot. And she's kind of the rock of our family. You know, I mean, she was, you know, flew home. She was in New York with her friend shopping for her friend's wedding dress. And, you know. Landed in New York. I told her I was going to see a doctor, uh, you know, and that night she was on the train back, to, mm. you know, Boston to be in the hospital with me. You know, I told her, look, I'm fine. Like, you should stay. Like, just, you know, that's more about her and who she is. But, you know, some of the stuff behind the scenes. And, but yeah, no, I had, uh, I had uh, noticed that I didn't feel good toward the end of summer, the end of July. And that's kind of when you're peaking. Mm. You're getting ready to go into training camp. You're in great shape. I'm usually in really good shape. And noticed some things I usually do in my training just felt off. Mm. Now, my wife had been sick, uh, you know, that's that summer and um, the middle of July. She was really sick and she doesn't ever get sick. So I was like, man, maybe this is kind of some of the stuff she had. I was mm. tired. I was lethargic. Uh, my chest hurt. I was coughing. Uh, and then, uh, started coughing up some blood and we didn't think anything of it. And I went to training camp. I thought maybe I had some pneumonia. Um, wasn't out there for a couple of days. And I started practicing again and practiced for like three weeks. We played Carolina in the preseason game, the third preseason game. And I only played like 18 plays. I was you know, a pretty good starter at that point. So we weren't playing that much. I played 18 plays. I was exhausted. Mm. I mean, I just felt like I had played 75 plays, you know, and, and that night in bed, my wife's like, you don't sound good. Like, like I can hear you, like, kind of wheezing. Like, I, was like, I don't know. I just don't feel good. She's like, look, this has gone on long enough. Like, you need to go ask him to see a doctor. So I came in and next day I was like, hey, you know, you just think I can get a, you know, appointment with a specialist, a lung specialist. And obviously we have great access to medical professionals. Some of the and, finest in the world here. And, um Send me up to MGH. And like I said, we got these two dogs. You heard them earlier in the podcast. And she was going to New York. I was actually having a cookout that night for the old line at my house. Mm. Uh, I had a bunch of meat, ears on ice. You know, we were going to have a 
I'm gonna, like I said earlier, I enjoyed cooking. I was cooking for all of them. Uh, I went into the hospital and uh, did some tests, and the doctor came out and was like, "You have blood clots." And I was like, "Okay, what does that mean?" <laughs> you know, like, cool. Um, how long am I going to be out? He's like, "Oh, maybe six weeks." I was like, "All right, we got two weeks to two to three weeks till the season starts." Missed the first three games. Boom, I'm back. Here we go. You know, uh, I just didn't take the gravity of it. You're like, all right, we're gonna check you in the hospital. I was like, okay. I was like, uh, all right, I'm gonna run home, get a bag, and I, I mean, I didn't know what was going on. You know, you just like I said, I hurt six weeks. I'll be back playing football, and uh, you know, and I was so I was like, all right, well, it was later in the afternoon, so I was like, guess they got to do some more tests or whatever. I, I just didn't grab just wasn't registering to me and then uh ended up being like all right well i gotta go home i need to take care of the dog so i can get a neighbor to watch him watch you know my wife's in new york uh i need to get a bag a cell phone charger like you know whatever you're essential he's like no you're not leaving i was like what do you mean he's like you're getting admitted to the hospital mm. i was like okay like so I need to go home and let my dogs out. They've been out for six hours. <laughs> like, what are you telling me here, man? <laughs> so, you know, and then it just became a bunch more tests. And, you know, they were worried about cancers and wow. you know, just all different kind of things. So it was kind of a wild emotions there for a little while. And, um, you know, it turned out to be, uh, it was serious. I don't guess I didn't know how serious it was. And, um, you know, it turned out to be kind of, couldn't track it because the first clot they found in my leg was kind of scarred over. It had been there for a little while. Wow. Um, and then all the ones in my leg, my lungs were, you know, pretty new. And, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting. And God does things, you know, in his own timing. A buddy of mine who played in the NFL actually had blood clots that offseason. Mm. One of my trainers, uh, the guy I work out with, he tore his quad then got blood clots. So two people in my life that are very close to me and I know just had this issue. Mm. Now I'm going through it, which I say that in the way, you know, I, I got great doctors. I found great doctors and, uh, through these guys and different people and talking to their situations. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where it all worked out. And, uh, a lot of guys have gone through a lot worse, uh, you know, injuries and come back from a lot worse. You know, it was more of like a health thing for me. It didn't really um, affect my football. It wasn't my, you know, my knee or my shoulder, sure. the act, you know, it was more of like, is my health okay? Like that was more, right. you know, so people are like, wow, so amazing that what you came back from. I'm like, look, like my body just healed. Like I didn't, you know, they put me on, once they got me on the medicine and we kind of ruled out a bunch of things. It really, I'm not trying to downplay it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Mm. Um, because it was like, hey, you're going to go on this medicine for six months and we'll check back. Sounds scary as hell, though. It, it was scary, but like, you know, I think when people were coming to me like, wow, so amazing what you did to come back. And I was, you know, I just know there's a lot of guys that have been through a lot worse with knee injuries sure. and different things, leg breaks. And, uh, you know, my overall health, yes, that was scary. Uh, and it was scary to know, like, I didn't know for six months of, that was the end of my football career. Right. So, uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, I think it, looking back, it was what a, you know, you can sit there and be sad about it. And, you know, 
it was Tom's last season. It was our old line coaches last season who I loved. And, you know, uh, didn't get to play with some of the you know, teammates that didn't return on the team that year. And just there and look at that and look at the negatives. But, you know, I look at it. I got the deer hunt a lot. You got the deer hunt a lot. I got the deer hunt a lot, <laughs> man. I talked about it. I went on my first goose hunt there. Yeah. And I, I got to do a lot of things I don't get to do during football season. Yeah. I got to look at the game from a different perspective. I still helped out. I was at, I went to practice every day just to be around the guys. And I got to break down film and do some like, not really coaching roles, but like a different type of role and look at the game that I, you know, I could talk about how much I've loved it. Look at it from a different way. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to spend a lot more time with my wife and my friends, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then, so I just, I look at that, you know, how much of a blessing it was. And, uh, you know, at the time too, you know, I, I never had a real football injury, um, never had a surgery. I had my first football surgery last year. Like, uh, not that I took the game for granted because you see it too much where you can't take it for granted, but you know, since first grade, I'd never missed anything and I was mm-hmm. always there and never was hurt, you know, hurt hurt where i missed time and so i i you know don't want to say i took it for granted but parts of me did so i got to you know revamp this love or passion for it too so silver I, linings abound right yeah I mean, as long as you got a good good attitude about it yeah i mean i think anything in life you can sit there and sure. we're all gonna have you know problems but if we sit there and dwell about how bad things are yeah it's bad you know like just watch the news every day. No, I don't. That's exactly right. Exactly yeah, also, uh, that's what I try to do. And uh, like I said, it was a blessing. And, you know, I, everything's good. Uh, so I got to deer hunt a little bit. Yeah, so no I doubt. <laughs> well, certainly from a, a just a human perspective, I'm glad to see you healthy. From yeah. a fan perspective, it's damn good to see you out there. And, um, you know, you're, you're one of the guys, team captain, yeah. leader on that team. See you, especially the last two weeks, yeah, we're, bowing up and, and, and handling business. I get excited when I see yeah, that. We're, we're moving along here, so <laughs> it's going to be exciting. And, um, yeah, I think we're having a lot of fun as a team being around each other. And yeah. We're believing in each other and still in confidence in each other. And those are the teams that I've been on that have been successful. You can see it. You know, just you just feel when guys enjoy yeah. being around each yeah. other. You can see the teams that do that in teams. You know, maybe that there's more issues or whatever it may be. So, we're fortunate. We got a lot of you know good guys. A lot of guys I played a lot of football with, and we got a good foundation. And then, obviously, brought in a lot of guys this off season that have been you know major contributors. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see. You know, we'll go back. A lot of newness. It's yeah. it's weird around here. Like just you get used it's to it's things. Invigorating. Yeah, right? totally. You know, I mean, I think you see the changing of the guard and. Uh, you know, the new faces and the new, uh, you know, I think that's a cool thing. I'm glad to kind of be on both sides of that. Yeah. Now. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, you know, we'll start again here tomorrow morning, bright and early, getting it going and praying for the Browns this week. And, uh, you know, we'll see where we are December 7th. They're so, second, December 7th, yeah. Right? Well, yeah, you have to. You shoot me a text. See what kind of mood I'm in. <laughs> Maybe I won't. No, I I trust it. I remember looking at something a couple of weeks ago, saying, "Well, if, if there's these three games that they're probably not going to win, there's these games are definitely going to win, and these ones like are toss ups and like don't you're watch, already, don't watch ESPN either. Yeah, no, don't watch the news or ESPN. I, I think it was actually an Instagram meme. Of one oh, of these, yeah. you know, nerds. Um, 
But two of those games that were like, oh, Patriots won't win. Like, oh, you just won two of them. So there we go. <laughs> Moving yeah, I mean, on. You know, it's, it it's goes funny. back to that thing we're talking about, the hunting pictures and social media. Oh, sure. Everyone's got a voice and, you know. Yeah, I find myself watching ESPN. I mean, obviously, I love sports, so I'm going to watch ESPN. I listen to the radio. You, know, you try to tune it out as much as you you can, but uh, you definitely hear it. And, uh, but you know, they've got a job. You know, whoever it is, yeah. sports guys, they got a job to do too, and they got to take up the air, and uh, they got to get that clickbait in there. Exactly, and they got to have opinions, and uh, you know that it just is what it is. But uh, no, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for the team's future and. You know, our future. I am too. I'm glad you're a part of it. Thank you. I'm super, super appreciative, like I said, of, of you inviting me down here and no, it's been uh, having some time for us. Like I said, if, if there's anything I can spend time on, it's going to be talking about the outdoors. And, yeah. You know, um, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, I've been involved in a lot of charities and, um, you know, things that I can do to be, you know, make an impact on the outdoors or football or life. And, um, you know, like, you know, one of my big passions um, is military working dogs. Yeah. I do a lot of stuff with that, trying to bring awareness to that. So, uh, you know, anything that, you know, I think you try to narrow it down. What are you passionate about? And, um, you know, obviously it's for me, it's football, the outdoors, my family, um, helping people, you know, and, uh, you know, there's different ways to help people and there's different ways to do different things. And, you get pulled in a lot of different directions, so you got to narrow that down, and you know, um, you know, so spend a Tuesday afternoon talking about turkey hunting and other things is uh, not a bad way to spend. That. No, and I, and, you know, it's it's a departure from the uh, from the the daily microphones in your face. I hope it's a reprieve for you. Like it is it's instead of just getting bogged down and over these over analytics to hey, no, it is. tell me about killing gobblers, man. Yeah, you know, you got to be. <laughs> We've got to be guarded, obviously, in what yeah. we say to the media. Completely. And when I get to do things like this, it, it's more, um, you know, we're not talking about, you know, what does Cleveland Browns defense they run and how we're going to try no. to lock them or, you know, so they can use it for motivation and uh, or whatever. Or, you know, it's all mind games. <laughs> can't give away the secrets. And so oh, to Lord. be able to just talk and, and be open and uh, just be normal about, you know, turkey hunting the outdoors whatever it may be is uh something that is always refreshing yeah no i'm i'm, I'm glad we're able to have the conversation the most controversial thing i'm gonna ask you is right now and is do you think uh old coach would get out there and get behind a decoy spread and give it a whirl <laughs> you don't well, have to answer that. you want to know <laughs> you want to know a funny story about coach and turkey hunting uh so i was a free agent in soft season and um kind of went toward the end and, and ended up decided to come back and stay uh I think it might have been we were going home and it was the weekend of that thunderstorm turkey hunt mm-hmm. I was talking about. Um we were going home for these weddings and um obviously was planning turkey hunt. I don't know if it was opening weekend or not, but it was probably right around accessible free agency is um, for Georgia at least. And, um they were like, We want you to come in and sign your contract Tuesday or Friday morning. I was like, nah. <laughs> They were like, what? I was like, I'll be in, you know, Tuesday next week. And, you know, coach was like, I hadn't really talked to him once we agreed to it. And the next day he's like, you know, you just coming in now to sign? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, why? Because they know I live up, you know, they don't keep that much tracks, but they, you know, they see me around the building in the off season. So obviously I'm here. And I was like, well, I went home, coach. I was turkey hunting. He goes, what? 
Oh yeah, I'd go home and turkey hunt. I'll, we agreed to the contract. I'll come in and sign it when I do. So uh, he's like, "Oh, just be careful." <laughs> I will. Don't worry. It's okay. I mean, I've gone in. You know, I've gone in. In the spring, we do our big physicals. Mm. Uh, you know, blood. Work. I mean, you know, the whole nine yards, um, eyes, ear. I mean, just at heart, everything. And uh, I've come in full camo, just dirt on my face. <laughs> you know, probably look like I've, you know, been out drinking all night. But no, I just got up at three a.m. to turkey hunt. <laughs> you know, after killing a couple birds, and um, you know, came in and uh, you know, I was just sitting there, you know, getting my eyes checked out and full camo. You know, face mask still around my neck. You know, like <laughs> just. Yeah, so they, you know, it's pretty well known. That's what I like to do in the building, and uh, the doctors always get a kick out of that. When I came in there in that full, I was in flip flops and full camo, so they <laughs> they got a pretty good laugh out of that hair mess. So, uh, you know, it's always fun. It's always a uh, man. Actually, you know, we got got a lot of turkeys around the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a lot of turkeys. I follow our our field crew staff and. Um, the the revolution obviously I've practiced with yep. too. Um you know, we share the stadium and um <laughs> our field craft our field turf guy was trying to mow the the uh revolutions practice field the other day and there was a ton of hens out there and I was just like oh my gosh like there's some good habitat down there like right so Bass Pro has this observation deck yeah, but there's like this beautiful land behind there yeah you ever hunted i have not hunted it before there's a there's a dairy farm next to the stadium yeah. hunted, and one of the birds are over there we showed you earlier um there's a dairy farm that backs up to it but i mean they're just it's wild up here because i grew up hunting larger tracks back home in georgia mm. and different things and up here it's just like you know oh my buddy lives on a couple acres like you see any turkeys in your backyard? <laughs> Okay. Tell your wife if she sees someone, you know, creeping through the bushes at 7 a.m., don't not be alarmed. Do not call the cops. Call the cops. Uh, you know, so it's funny. It's just mm-hmm. different. You know, I, I've driven by someone's house and seen turkeys in the backyard and often be like, um, excuse me, uh, my name's David. Mind if a turkey hunt back here? You know, so uh, it's a lot different than how I grew up. But um, it's, it's how awesome. I was in Nebraska this past spring. I was on my way out to go to Kansas. And uh, I killed my Marions, and then uh, have I, you done the Grand Slam? I'm I'm, I'm 75. I got to go to Florida and get my Osceola. So, but I got so I obviously have my Easterns from over here, but I got both my Marions and my Rio in Nebraska. But out on my way to Kansas, there's a a strutter Rio with one single hen in this line of cottonwoods. Same thing, man. I was like, yeah. I pulled up Onyx, found the at least the landowner's name, asked for the by name, the dude. Athlete. It's the oh, best. Oh, it's the best. I love it. And uh, the kid was a turkey hunter, but he was all lamed up. He had surgery on his shoulder. He's like, I can't do it. He's like, you might as well. Because I told him I was out of town. He's like, what are you going to do? I said, uh, I'm going to implement this strategy. I'm on my shorts. I just had to throw my my well, my hoodie on. I said, I'm going to go down here and do this. And I'll be back in 15 minutes. Sure, shit. Back in 15 minutes. He's like, I can't believe you did that. I, I watched that happen. It's like that bird responded. He knew what was up. But uh, have, you, have you ever hunted in Georgia? Never. It's the hardest bird to kill. So I've hunted in Alabama, and that was a. I haven't hunted, you know, all over the world, but I know there's some people. And, um, it might be Michael Waldell. 
that has said they're the hardest turkey to kill, and I believe it now. Them jokers in Georgia are stubborn. I've heard that. So I, Georgia, South Carolina, like that whole area, it seems like is is a a bag buster, man. Yeah, yeah. I think South birds, Carolina, Georgia, Alabama. I think birds have gotten. You know, we talked about the pandemic and people. I saw the most hunters I'd ever had. Of, yeah. You know, in the last you know two years, call it, and whether it's you know different factors or just free time. You know, people working from home every day. It's like, oh, so all these motivations, hey, I right? A, I don't have a WebEx or Zoom call till nine o'clock. So, right. You know, especially up here, you can get three, four good hours. In. Heck yeah, you can. And, um, you know, so I think, you know, that's that's been interesting. And I think birds have gotten smarter. Obviously, you know, you, know, you don't want to sit there and hunt the same bird, you know, five days in a row. He's going to figure it out eventually. Um, and so I think that's something. You know, maybe back home does that have something to do with it? Birds hunted, you know, a little bit more. Because uh, I think up here I've seen that a little bit. Birds have gotten smarter, or whether it's people calling to them. And uh, but isn't it also interesting, right? You've hunted up here, how how an animal can know. Okay, that person's standing in their backyard, and I've seen it. You know, and you probably have to. They're watering flowers, and a turkey standing 15 yards from them. Right, just sit there full strut, not caring a word. And he might get 20 yards of you and you might, you know, eye twitch or whatever. And he sees any, you know, putts and goes off. I, isn't it amazing that there's there's some type of switch or they just and I think I've heard Stephen Ronella talk about it with like some of the elk and different things. These elk might be at Yellowstone, you see them around people. Yeah. But they cross over and they just know, all right, now I can be hunted, or now something's not you know what I, mean? I am convinced. 20 plus years doing this experiencing exactly what you just talked about that, um, you know, we're not as smart as we think we are. Right? We're, <laughs> we're, we're great. Uh, we posable thumbs understand, you know, our own mortality. The critters don't, but I think we give off an energy, right? And they have this sense that we don't, that when an animal knows it's being hunted, like they sense that I swear to God, like yeah, we mean, get I that agree. off because I have, had turkeys walk up to me, not in season, and they don't care less. I've had them peck my boot as I'm deer hunting because I'm not interested in them. I can't hunt them. I don't have a tag. I'm, I don't have the right equipment. I'm I'm literally deer hunting. And then vice versa. I'll have deer walk right in front of me or come up to my damn decoys in season I, in the spring. And like, would you please go away? You're screwing me up. It's, it is. That's an interesting part of it, too. And then I also think about... When a when a bird does say, "I'm going," there's some time for it. Nothing's gonna stop. No, and it don't matter what it is. Mm-mm. When he when when there's, I've killed a lot of birds that are very unsure and they're stubborn and they come in and they you know, uh, stutter, stutter, and it's a long drag process. I've more of the birds I've you know, taken in the last you know in my life are those versus the ones that just. You know, it's a beeline. And I've seen this game before and I'm not playing it. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> but I remember, I remember, man, we hunted well, one time, me and my father in law had hunted all morning. They on both sides of this road and uh, we hunted all morning and nothing happened. And then finally, we saw in their cat, one of their cow pastures, two gobblers and a hen. And we were riding around, you know, the edge of their property on the main roads, looking to see if saw anything in fields. Maybe we could set up and get one come, you know, come in. And uh, I had my face mask off, my hat off, 
have my gloves on. You know, it gets hot in Georgia quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a hot one just riding around. And, and uh, you know, turkey hunting, you got to be concealed. You know, every part of your body's covered, you know, whatever. And we watched this head and she crossed the road. He goes, look, these cars aren't going to, the truck's not going to affect these gobblers. You don't need to call. You know, he's like, you go up on that ridge. And she crossed and they were, you know, still 30 yards into the field, 50 mm. yards into the field. He's like, you ease up onto that road, you know, thing, set up off the side, let him walk up, and then you'll kill him. I was like, ain't no way this turkey is going to, he's like, shield you with, I was like, there's no way this turkey's going to fly over that barbed wire fence, over this road, and then up into these woods where I can kill him. And I'd be danged if that, and it was a cool hunt because, like I said, I, did, I was flush. I didn't have my vest. I didn't have anything on. I would give them up for the day. Jumped out, you know, run up into the woods, run up, get set off, off. I don't see the head. I don't know where she was. Um, I could hear her. And, I mean, it was something like out of a movie. These turkeys just strutted over, jumped over the barbed wire <laughs> fence, checked, you know, like our moms used to tell us, make sure there's no car coming across the street, came up. And I could see him because it was hard, but I could see him come up the whole ridge to finally where I could get a shot on him. And I mean, there was nothing that was going to stop those birds from going to that hint. Mm. It's just so interesting, you know, how it can be one way. And they're cool birds, they're cool critters, and that's certainly what that's what what we're chasing. Yeah, it's just it's never never the same. Any hunt. it's never the same. So it's just I'm glad it's not. No, I mean, you might get bored with it. I think I would like, you know, um, I think it would. It just, that's the way I think that I love about it, man. It's just, I've had some properties uh, locally in New Hampshire that I've, it's taken me many years to get permission on, right? Cause they are posted yeah. and, uh, you know, you, you build this relationship up with a landowner and they find out, you know, you're not a scumbag and you're a nice guy exactly. and, um, you go out there and, and as you're finally in it, like I'm in the land of milk and honey. I've watched deer, birds, whatever out here. And I'm finally in this space and you have success like two, three years in a row. And then I find myself getting bored with that piece. I'm like, okay, I've done this. Like I, I opened the Christmas present and now what? Yeah. But isn't that, isn't that there's something, you know, when you talk about turkey hunting, because maybe you do have it figured out there, there, you know, but that's why I go to somewhere else. Exactly. Now. So I, I've been there, done that. And, you know, I realized how fortunate specifically that spot is how I, to be able to yeah. do that. But now it's like, okay, I, I think I want to go find some more birds that are going to challenge me. And I think that is just the, you know, the interesting part of not hunting, you know, your own land every time, which keeps it so interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, which I think there's nostalgia or whatever to both, right? Hunting your own piece of property because you're working that land, sure, taking care of it. You know, you're, you're obviously paid for it. Like there's a lot to that. Yeah. And there's a lot, that, you know, that I want for that one day. Uh, but also there's this cool part of just like the thrill of like, you know, whether it's like, I don't really know what's going to happen today. Well, see, I, you know, I didn't get out here and know where the birds roosted. I know they're somewhere here, you know, and there's some type of thrill or, or uh, something special to that too, I think. Oh, you get out, like you said, you, you got to, you think you got to figure it out. And then uh, you do that soft 
tree talk, you know, right before the twilight's really getting light. And then all of a sudden, oh, right behind you. Oh, where did he come from? Oh, like, whole, whole thing, whole game has changed. Now I need new, new underpants today, you know? So, no. No. Never, it never, never fails. Gets old, it never fails. And that's, you know, can can take a Super Bowl champion and a guy with a microphone out of New Hampshire and keep us chasing it yeah. year after year, you know, and then into the fall. I mean, I know it's, it can be, uh, some people think it's controversial, but I like fall turkey hunting, man. I, Guys yeah, are sitting, I mean, you know, deer hunting. It's something I've never done. Uh, I've heard there's different philosophies. I, you totally. Know, my dad grew up in Alabama and they were able to hunt in the fall there. I don't know what the rule is in Alabama now on that uh, Georgia does not have a fall season. So it was something I never really grew up doing. And I was talking to a buddy that I hunt with up here and he was kind of explaining it to me. Uh, definitely would be something I think I'd be interested in too, but the talking, the the education I get to learn Turkey talk is so much more. Yeah. It's pretty one way in the spring, mm-hmm. but to listen to these hen flocks, talk to their same year, you know, this year's polts or you're hearing some super jakes come into their own and they're starting to find their gobble and these Jake hogs And it's like all this language. And you're like, you can learn so much. You ever spend all day chasing a super Jake? Yeah. Yep. Sure have. Oh my God. <laughs> don't, year. don't feel bad about it either. No, I don't, I don't. I mean, it's still fun. Right. And it's just like, but you see, I mean, you're like, you know, gobble, 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 gobble. Oh my gosh, here we go. It is on. And me and my father-in-law traveled. I mean, we might have walked four miles this day, you know, <laughs> up and down. And you know, he's a smaller guy. I mean, he's not tiny, but he's a smaller guy. And like I say, he was a game warden for so long. So he moves really well through the woods. Mm. Really well. And, you know, I'm 300 pounds, <laughs> you know, trampling through the woods, right? <laughs> like he's like nimble. And I'm just like, <laughs> You know, it's just brutal trying to keep up with them at times. We we chase this bird, and I'd be dang if it wasn't a pack of jakes and there was one super jake. <laughs> but then also, you know, go back to the first turkey I ever killed. Me and my father, you know, we had hunted all morning, and he we were just kind of you know we hunted this big track of land that we had, and uh, you know, nothing kind of did the kind of running you know call and. Mm-hmm. Nothing here in the strike. Call nothing here. You know, I uh, I glass a field. See if something. You know, just kind of, you know, shooting in the dark. Now, I mean, you know how it is when nothing's talking to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got on this old logging road, and there were some power lines at the end of it. We stopped halfway and called, and a Jake lit up. He was like, "Let's just sit down and see what happens here," you know. And uh, I was young and, uh, just, you know, he was messing with this Jake, calling him, calling him, you know, and he was coming in, coming down this road. And, and uh, all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know how far it was, but just boom, gone. And me and him both looked at each other, like, uh oh, you know, because we were just kind of, he probably knew at the time, like maybe there was a chance there was a gone, you know. I didn't know what was going on. I was kind of like, what are we doing? Like, I don't want to kill, you know, Jake. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, like me, he's probably going through puberty, you know, like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, I can remember shooting and I thought it was the gobbler, but I just didn't know. Like, I, you know, and then I saw something fly and I started shooting at it because I thought I had missed. 
thank God I missed it. it was the Jake mm. and I killed that gobbler. Uh, yeah, that was a good memory of a Jake, but I've had a lot of bad memories chasing a super Jake before, man. Just to just to be heartbroken and seeing them, and, but it is amazing how like you can you know the ones that can't really gobble, and, mm-hmm. you know, struggle, and you can obviously tell. And then there's ones that just sound like hammered, my, and you're just like, what in the world is going on here? My philosophy is if, if you're gonna bark like a man, you can die like a man. So hey, I'm I'll, I will oblige. I, I mean, I have before too. I don't like to do it, but you know the quality had, of the hunt is that good, I, man. I've had one piss me off enough, you know, and be like, all right, like here we go now, and uh, like a doe blowing at your early season, yeah, right? No, it's just like it's happening. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna act up now. Yeah. You know I mean? So no, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh. It is awesome. And I think, you know, just talking again, just sitting down and talking about the experiences and things like that, you know, whether we're doing it on a podcast or, you know, sitting next to each other on an airplane, you know, for a long flight, you know, doing this is what makes that so unique. And like I said, again, sports or whatever, you know, you might have been sitting next to a guy and he's a Patriots fan and you guys are talking about, you know, this and laughing and joking and telling stories and memories that mm. you have. And, you know, I think that's what's so cool, um, you know, about the hunting and fishing and, you know, someone seeing, you know, your shirt you're wearing right now and be like, oh, yeah, you know, like turkey hunted, you know, with my grandfather. And, you know, those are some of the best memories I have. Mm. So I think that's just such a great part of all of this. It's legacy stuff. It is. What you do on the football field, what we're doing in the, in the woods, uh, what we're doing at the organization, it's all legacy stuff. And we have a really cool opportunity to leave a mark, leave a, leave a legacy, yeah. you know, when we're gone or we, we hang cleats up or hang our shotguns up. Like we have a direct effect on, on some folks and that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think so. So, and I think you'll have a bigger impact, you know, hopefully people remember me, you know, football wise is more, you know, Obviously, I hope they, they say, well, yeah, David Andrews was great for us. But, you know, I remember, you know, him doing this or that off the field or something. Yeah. That's really more of the, you know, intangibles. And uh, I say this, maybe there's someone out there that says, well, you know, not that, you know, was indifferent about you know, turkeys and the habitats for them or whatever or what they meant. And now I'm, you know, hearing you know, me and you sit down and talk about it for whatever it is, or, you know, wow, that's, you know, yeah, something I should look into. Maybe yeah. that's something I should get involved in and be a part of. So who knows? It's a great spot to leave it. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thank, Thank you so much for having me down here yeah. and uh, good luck for the rest of the way. Now you're indebted to me to take a turkey hunt. Dude, spring. doors open. I'd love to get up. To Spare you. room. Just come on up. I'd love to get up to New Hampshire. We'll hammer I haven't, I haven't, I haven't really hunted up there. Um, uh, I got a buddy who's hunted Maine before, but I'd love to get up there. Fun part is, uh, especially when I host folks, um, come up like the last couple of weeks. Uh, we'll do New Hampshire in the morning and we'll jump over to Maine because they're all day hunting. Well, over there. that's what's so cool about up here is, you know, I, in Georgia, I know we're wrapping up, but just talk about this even more. I hear you. <laughs> but, you know, in Georgia, you know, it's such a big state where we hunt a lot of time. You're, you're more landlocked. Yeah. Whereas I've hunted, you know, like we said, I've killed birds up here and tagged out and then gone to 
Rhode Island, which is, you know, 30 minutes away. Yeah. We were talking about it earlier in North Smithfield, and, um, you know, 45 minutes away. And, you know, you got all new tags and new experiences. Oh, yeah. So that's where I think New England I've enjoyed. And, and we love being up here because I found kind of the niche of the outdoors that I, you know, had back at home. Uh, you know, whether it's getting out and, you know, doing some of the ocean fishing. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it, and they're different experiences that I had than I had in Georgia and deep sea fishing in the South and Florida and things like that. So, uh, New England's a, another a great, uh, some great outdoor activities that I enjoy. So I'll definitely take you up on that. Yeah, for sure. You got my number, so we'll make it happen. I promise you that. I appreciate it. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you so much to David for having us into his home. Uh, really, just really enjoyed the conversation. You never know where where any of these are, conversations are going to go. I always have an idea, but naturally they uh, they twist and turn, and I and I I just love I love the 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 rabbit holes I find myself down with the guests, and uh, it's always good. It's always it's real talk. And, uh, you know, that's that's the all access part of this program, right, is uh, this bringing you the sides of the conversation that, uh, you know, they're not always hermetically sealed and perfectly uh, edited. It's this is real. This is real talk, real people. Um, so, again, thank you, David, for the candid conversation. Uh, by the way, Pats are three and oh, uh, since that conversation heading into Buffalo uh, for Monday Night Football, uh, the Monday after this airs. So uh, continued success uh, to David, the football team, the new quarterback, the kid, Mac Jones. Um, and if you're outside of New England, you're probably yelling at me. But, hey, I can't help I can't help uh, being part of a, a, a great fan base and loving a great organization. So go Pats. I get to do that. I'm the host. Guys and gals, so much stuff is is happening in the world of NWTF, the holidays are upon us. Soon after that, Nashville is happening. We're still going to Nashville. We are having convention. So, uh, man, let's take these things one by one. First of all, uh, our virtual Wild Turkey Christmas ongoing. It is happening. Uh, once this this program airs, there will be about a full week left for you to get in on all the action, right? So there's plenty of art NWTF logo items, firearms to be had, uh, mystery uh, stuff, stockings, Santa's uh, sack of goodies. All of this Christmas theme stuff is happening. Uh, this is being done out of North Carolina. Trey Oliver is heading that up. So you can go to NWTF.org backslash events to find all of these events here. If you go to the aforementioned events page, going to be event number 330541-2021. Wild Turkey Christmas, guys. So much going on. Some really cool gun raffles. Uh, he's got it so where uh, a certain amount of tickets are sold. He's going to raffle off one gun. He's going to open up another gun for you and then keep going on from there. Limited chances, limited offers there. So go check out the Wild Turkey Christmas. Uh, get involved there. Uh, it's perfectly timed for your holiday shopping needs. Also, uh, 
we got a great Harley raffle going on. The South Carolina State Chapter is giving away a Harley Davidson. So you can go on, uh, again, the events page, events.nwtf.org, uh, backslash event number 401191-2021. Go on there. Again, limited engagement there, folks. Uh, a limited amount of tickets are being sold. Uh, so you can go check that out and win yourself a Harley for pretty short money. Only 1,500 tickets are available for a 2021 or newer Harley-Davidson Street Glide. So check that opportunity out there for a Harley Davidson. Folks, our new online turkey shop is live and available to you at shop.nwtf.org. I invite all of you to go there. Uh, all new logo gear, all new fresh lifestyle gear, new items being added, uh, if not daily, weekly. We got some great promos going on right now from our friends at Onyx Hunt at Hunt Stand. Uh, so limited opportunities there. If you spend a hundred dollars or more in your cart, uh, you can choose uh, between a free premium membership to Onyx or a free Hunt Stand. Uh, membership. Both of those are annual memberships. Uh, Two hundred available for the Hunt Stand, and one hundred fifty available to the first come first serve customers uh, on the Onyx hunt app uh, for the premium membership anybody purchasing 150 dollars or more in their cart uh, not only will you get the opportunity to get one of those two items uh, but you can also get a free annual membership to the national turkey federation so uh go on there check it out we've got hats t-shirts jackets coats lady stuff uh, kids stuff accessories from from partners big frig uh, items on there some really cool logo items so uh, check out the accessories part and like I say everything is is being updated uh, if not daily weekly Uh, free shipping uh, until December 17th on orders of $49 or more. Uh, so if you get your order in before December 17th, uh, shipping, uh, as far as I understand, is guaranteed for the holidays. So those items are showing up under the Christmas tree. And like I said, uh, guys, we are going to Nashville. Convention is happening. Uh, so with that, our silent auctions for the Ladies Hunt and Grand National are live. So if you go ahead to the uh, event page for convention, you can start checking out some of those items. You can start bidding now. Get your bids in. You can start selecting those items uh, before we even get to Nashville in February. You can stay up on all those uh, silent auctions. And again, more stuff is being added there. Uh, so just, just a lot of excitement building going into 2022, into the new year, into our, our 50th anniversary year that we're building towards. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of information for you on the on the back end of this one here. Uh, and then keeping with the holiday season, special off week uh, episode coming up next Thursday. We're going to go over. We're going to bring our social uh, our social team in. Gabby Bates, uh, I'll introduce you guys to the uh, podcast engineer, Gilbert Randolph, who's also part of our, our social team. We're going we're gonna to sit around and chat gift guides, uh, the best gifts to buy the turkey hunter, the hunter in your life, uh, and maybe some not so great gifts as well. Um, so you'll want to tune in for that special episode that'll be airing next Thursday, one o'clock Eastern and uh, soon 
I can tease this officially now. Uh, new sponsors coming on board to the podcast. Uh, super thrilled to have them. I can't wait to announce them uh, in the coming episodes. So uh, stand by for that. Uh, and I look forward to working uh, with those who to support us and, and definitely um, are adding some flavor to the to the program here. So with that, guys. Uh, you can always hit us up socially. You can always email the program. Uh, let us know if you have some ideas, any questions about what I said. But fortunately here, uh, you guys can always rewind this back and get all the information. But um, we're always here as a resource. As always, thank you all for for being with us, taking us along for part of your day, making us a part of, of your travels, wherever you're at in the world. Thank you all so much. The, uh, the numbers continue to grow. I ask that you continue to spread the word about the program. Subscribe, rate where available. Uh, Spotify, I think you can do that. Stitcher, uh, Apple iTunes podcasts. Go ahead and hit that five star. We believe we're five star. We'd love to have you agree as well. Hit that five star. Subscribe. Helps us move up uh, in the, the hunting space in that demo so people can start knowing that uh, one of the, the premier uh, turkey hunting podcasts on the block uh, is available and out there for people to discover. So uh, you guys can have a direct hand in that. Um, that's it. So stay tuned. Special off week episode coming up next Thursday. NWTF holiday gift guide. Get your pens and pencils ready, sharpened, uh, good to go. Take care of that special turkey hunter in your life. Until next Thursday, guys, be safe. Love each other. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.